0: Scores!
1: Gilmore scores! Play the final three left! Off the
2: glass, to left corner to Aguila. Aguila left circle. Passing the yellow shot. They made by Alaguila. Three another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts!
1: Flames Talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The
3: Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson
2: what a day welcome to the scotia bank saddle dome welcome to this hour of flames talk on friday march 1st it's already march welcome to the program How the heck did it get to be I, march i don't even know and that was a long february that was the longest february we've had in years
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i can't oh. believe cam didn't have the laugh track ready for that banger hey But I got, that was like a, there was at least 20%. Uh, real laughter in there. The rest was definitely forced. <laughs> it's uh, Steinberg and West along with you from the Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, this hour of Flames Talk is underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Simplify your life with a security ecosystem. Go to calgarylockandsafe.com to request a security audit and get a tailored solution. Well, there is a whole heck of a lot going on in this building on Friday, the day before, Mika Kiprasov gets his jersey retired. So there's all of that. And then Jacob Markstrom just decided to add in a little bit with a unscheduled bombshell slash mic drop that nobody was expecting, which we'll definitely get to later on this hour. How can we not get to it? Yeah. Um, but then there's the man of the hour. And Friday, in a lot of ways, has been all about Mika. He gets his jersey retired Saturday night ahead of the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins here at the Scotiabank, Bank Saddledom, But, boy, it was cool on Friday, wasn't it? The uh, You and I had the, the privilege of being at the luncheon upstairs here uh, at the TELUS Club and, and got the opportunity to take in all of that. Props to BP, Brendan Parker, for doing a heck of a job and uh, to Natasha for uh, steering everything. Parks and Natasha did a great job at that. The the round table, hot stove. So who is up there? I think I I hit them all. Let's see if I can hit them all without needing to be jogged. Jamie McLennan. Rhett Warner, Robin Regeer, Jerome Ginla, Dion Phaneuf, the the five of them up there with Mika. Yeah. Wasn't it was, that awesome? It was super neat, like, yeah. just to hear the stories. And, you know, a lot of the – like, I've, I've heard a lot of Rhett stories, like, four and five times. They're always good whenever you hear them. And, you know, here in Regeer, who it, has got just the driest sense of humor ever, and it, it was great, and Jerome was funny. It was, it was just uh, – obviously, you know, Jamie McLennan is, does this for a living – and and Dion was Dion played the role of like everybody's picking on me again. It was just it was it was it was super cool to see and and uh, yeah just to see everybody and then the news conference that Mika did right afterwards. Uh, we're gonna hear from him in just a second. You and I had an opportunity to sit down with him here in the hot stove lounge for ten minutes, and we're gonna hear that in in just minutes time, which was super cool for you and I. But uh, just overall a really neat Friday celebrating the career of Mika Kiprasov.
1: Yeah, and just really cool. And, and, you know, we've been talking about it all week. We've had some great guests on, but isn't it cool to just see them back in this building and see them conversing with whether it's former teammates or longtime staff? You know, you mentioned the guys who were part of the hot stove, but, uh, you know, all those players mostly from the 4 team, Dion arrives in in 05, 06, you know, taking the occasional shot at Craig Conroy, who's sitting at the staff table at the luncheon. Like, yeah. it, it was just, to see Mika back here, to hear him describe his time in Calgary, to, you know, I, I think we've talked all week about what he meant to this city and to hear him sort of say, and you'll hear it coming up in this great interview we had that, you know, this was the best time of his life yep. being here in Calgary with the flames. It's pretty cool. It it only made me more excited to be in the building tomorrow night.
2: Absolutely. And, and that is a hundred percent what I come away with. And, and, you know, the, to your point about how cool it is seeing number 34 back in this building and uh it, he was sitting literally right there, like, you know, less than two feet from me uh, here in the hot stove lounge. And, you know, having, I I covered Mika for about five years, uh, had been in plenty of media scrums with him, asked him a few questions before he's nodded at me in a hallway before, like those types of things. Um, So I've covered him before, but like, it was one of those, like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like that is that this man was such a legend. And on top of, the 10 years of legendary status he had in the market he also just left he left right before this building and and this room was underwater right and 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 left his gear and never came back except you know he he stuck around in southern Alberta and played beer league hockey and then went back to Finland and came back the one time just one day showed up on the jumbotron but really (laughs) like he just was gone. Yeah. His career came to an end. He he didn't go elsewhere. There was no big retirement news conference. It wasn't Connie who decided to step into management. It wasn't Jerome who got traded and, and said his goodbye. It was just, oh, Mika was here, and now Mika's gone, right? So it was... It was super neat sitting, having him sit right there and, and seeing him at the podium in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge and just seeing him walk around the Dome again. It was it was super neat.
1: Yeah, yeah, It uh, you're right. Like, there was no farewell of any sort. There was that standing ovation after his last game, which uh, people kind of assumed, or his last home game, which people assumed. But since then, there's been no opportunity for Calgary to show that love for, for Mika and, quite frankly, for him to to show it back you know he's one of those guys who would rather not be heard from and and I know he's you know nervous as all heck about his speech tomorrow night and so yeah it it just seemed right to have him back in the building today you know to see him reminiscing with his buddies to to hear some hilarious stories yeah pretty cool
2: well, uh, let's, uh, let's just do it. You and I had an opportunity. He finished his news conference, uh, did a few interviews and in finished, uh, took some pictures, shook some hands over in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge, wasn't sure this was going to happen, and then uh, Peter Hanlon, Sean Kelso said, hey, we'll bring him over to you, he'll sit down with you, and that's exactly what happened. Really cool to chat with Mika Kiprasov here in the Hot Stove Lounge ahead of his jersey retirement on Saturday. Tell us about being back in Calgary for the last little bit. How's it uh how's it been? Has it been as awesome as uh, you thought it would be?
3: Oh yeah, it's been super fun, you know, uh not just seeing like old teammates, but a lot of friends outside hockey and uh so been busy, whole family's been busy, but it's uh you know, it's it's fun. Great times, great memories. So yeah.
2: The uh Saddle Dome look about the same as the last time you saw it. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. That's actually a great feeling to walk in here, too. Like, it's, uh, you know, good memories. You Try to get... I Yesterday, I try to get feeling, you know, usually walk to the game already. And yeah. Everything looks the same. So, yeah, enjoying my time here.
2: It was uh, it was neat to see Depot and, and Peter see, like, the, the video they posted at the airport with Peter and Depot meeting you. That had to be pretty cool, too, hey?
3: Yeah, you know, they're... Uh, Great friends, and uh, you know, they've been good to to me too. Like this trip, like how how they've been treating me and my family, it's been unreal. Like feels feels like rockstar Like what what they've been doing, so that's that's super cool.
2: Does your do your uh, do your boys? do they understand that uh, their dad was a pretty big deal here for a while?
3: Yeah, a little bit. I think they understand more now. Yeah, they see seen it, and uh, maybe I have to do more. Even more, but uh yeah, I'm happy for them like so they are here and seeing it like how how great it is here and uh, it's gonna be a special moment for them too
2: yeah what what has it been like having your family here with you to experience this with them?
3: Oh, it means a lot it's uh it's big thing you know sharing with them and uh, yeah, like I say, I enjoying every moment it's a kind of busy week, but uh lots of fun though.
1: Mika, who did you bring for family? I, I know your boys are here, but do you have a, a bigger group than that?
3: I bring my wife, Sadie, and my boys, uh, Aaron, Oscar, and uh, my brother, Marco, and his, my nephew, Luca, they are here. And, uh, yeah, somewhere, they are enjoying the uh, Calgary. Awesome.
1: Has there been a highlight of the, the week for you so far? I
3: don't know. Lots of good things. It was, last night, it was great to see it was, uh, those boys were back in town, so we went to dinner and uh you know that's always fun to yeah sit down and uh you know old stories go through that and uh, so yeah it was fun night last night how
1: uh, how would you describe the the feeling ahead of tomorrow like is it excitement is it nervousness is it how, how would you you know at at 6:30 or whatever time tomorrow night and know the ceremony starts at 6 20 you're gonna watch 34 get lifted up to the rafters here how, how would you describe the
3: feeling in advance uh that's just like you said it's uh you know i'm looking forward and i i know it's gonna be amazing but still i'm a little nervous about it and uh, so actually it's a uh, it's good feeling but uh yeah uh, we'll see it's uh, i know it's gonna be unreal so can't wait
2: Eric asked you in the news conference about not going to Toronto right at the end and and you said it was the right decision looking back and, and knowing that you got to finish your career uh with the flames how how important is that now looking back ten years later
3: uh it's i think it's you it's uh that's how I want it to end even then it's, uh, you know i I felt like flame, and uh, for me it was real hard to see me to play somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I was able to, you know, finish the year where I, I loved I loved to play so much, so, yeah.
2: When you were traded here 20 years ago or so, uh, you talked about, you, know, you knew you were going to get traded, but when you got here to Calgary, did you have a pretty good feeling about this place as soon as you got here?
3: Yeah, I didn't know too much. I think I I was in Calgary before that, like World Juniors '95 or something, yeah. and a few times with Sharks. But I didn't know too much actually. I was just so happy to get a chance to play, and uh, you know, it it took a little few games, and of course I saw like our room is unbelievable, like it's so so good guys and fans were unreal for me always. So yeah, I, pretty pretty quickly I learned like it's this is a great place
2: did you uh when when you arrived in calgary and so many of those guys are now lifelong friends did you have a you had a pretty good feel about the guys as soon as you got here
3: yeah that was the feeling like it's uh not just like it of course there was ikea like great great players but uh it was right away you know, you know those uh red warner red sea like uh so many it was actually so many good guys and they they had their chops in the team like and uh but uh room room was unreal that's that's what i liked right away
1: what what sort of pressure do you feel coming into calgary in the first place like you've been a third goalie in in san jose obviously waiting for an opportunity to show what you're capable of Did you put pressure on yourself to kind of make the most of this
3: yeah it's uh of course there's a lot of pressure you know you know it's your your second chance maybe last two, and uh but same same time you know i i was in san jose and it took longer what i thought it's gonna take uh to get traded so i was getting ready to like i i know i'm gonna get chance somewhere and uh, i have to be ready and use the chance yeah
1: and so does it feel like you, you get to calgary you you know you start to take advantage of that like does it feel suddenly like you've blinked and you're in the stanley cup final or or how how does that play out
3: oh yeah it's uh it was unreal here and uh but yeah it was uh what to say you know when when i did did get starts and uh you know daryl i knew daryl from the san jose and uh he was always honest with me and he said like if if you keep playing like that you you're gonna get your games you're gonna beat the starting goalie and uh that was huge for me because that's that's what I was after and uh, yeah
1: it, uh, it there must be a lot of uh, thankfulness there that Daryl saw that in you and, and wanted to bring you here
3: oh yeah big time Like I, I I'm i really thankful thankful for him and uh, you know it uh, was great coach for me I learned a lot from him too like he I think he I learned for him what it takes to be starting goalie like he he's all like it's uh, that's not gonna be enough like you you really have to put a little more there Uh, yeah I uh, great coach and uh, did lots for me
1: you uh, you talked about the great guys in the room and and how they made you feel welcome right away can you can you talk about how this city sort of wrapped its arms around you how you became this instant fan favorite people are chanting your name and and all that
3: yeah that's actually that was unreal like uh, I think fans they were so nice to me, like from day one, and sometimes I felt like I don't deserve this this much but uh yeah, I always felt like it's uh i they treated me so well
2: how uh just a few more how how much English did you know when uh when you first got here and and how did that uh evolve during your time here
3: yeah, I knew English. Pretty much like I speak now, I spoke, okay. but yeah, it's, uh, I used it a little bit there for excuse, so I gonna <laughs> sneak out for some stuff and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I guess my English was like, it is now, that's perfect, but I understand. <laughs> so
2: it was, it was a good excuse, you you were able to use that for almost a decade, hey? <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Iggy and those guys, they were not that happy always with me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they they did let it go, though. Like, yeah.
2: Um, you, you go back to that 2004 run, and for a lot of people in this city, it was you and it was Iggy. Just um, now Jerome was the last guy to have his jersey retired. Look back to 2004. How How good was he? How much did he put that team on his shoulders?
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if we have to talk about Iki too much. You know, he's a great player, you know, it's just... Not just big goals, but, you know, he, he did whatever it takes. Like, he, it was fight or big hit, like, try to get us going. And uh, so, yeah, it's... he huge, of course, huge part of the team and a uh, big leader for us. And yeah. uh, also, it, there were so many other good guys, too, like, who we don't talk about now, but they're, like, team guys who did, like, great stuff there. And, uh, and, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Ikki was our leader and uh, lots of other good players too there.
2: Now that you're back and now that, you know, the event is almost here, just how can you put into words what uh, the city of Calgary and and what the Calgary Flames will mean to you for the rest of your life?
3: Well, it's... uh, It's... uh, best time of life, you know, it's uh, always loved it here, you know, it's uh, my, I think like my best years as player was here, you know, and you know, Calgary people were so nice to me, like a lot of great people I met through hockey outside and uh, you know, organization always treated me like with respect and great, like it's uh, so I have like I just have good things to say about and uh, Flames i going to always be a big part of my life. Thank you
2: for the time, Hey, uh, Congratulations, and enjoy tomorrow.
3: Thank you. Thanks, guys.
2: It's Mika Kiprasov, as we spoke with him a little earlier on Friday here in the Hot Stove Lounge, and, yeah, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat to have him sitting here, knowing that he's back. Took 10 minutes out to, to chat with you and I, it Was which I, I wasn't, and this is not a... You just never know on these types of things. Sometimes the schedules are so tight. He was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Sat down, put a headset on, and, and yeah, it was it was, great. It was pretty neat, it was pretty casual, and, yeah. and uh happy to to get the time with him. Good, uh, good for him. There's gonna be a special. There's gonna be a special night on Saturday, regardless of some of the other noise swirling around, which we're gonna get to in just a second.
1: <laughs> is there noise swirling today?
2: Yeah, man, I, I, uh, I wasn't expecting it either. Um, before we hit that, I'll tell you this. Um, so the Mika Kippersoff Jersey Retirement Ceremony on Saturday, March 2nd, so that's this coming Saturday, uh, it starts at 6.20 p.m. So get in your seats for like 6.15. You want to be there for as soon as it begins because, look, the, the Flames event and, and Jumbotron staff have put, So much work into this that it is a production. It is everything is planned out to the letter starting at 620. So get there. Be sitting down around 615. 6:20 p.m. hard, and uh, it's scheduled to go about 50 minutes until about 7:10 is when this thing is scheduled to go. For Jamie McLennan's going to speak. Um, Mika Kiprasov is slated for about eight minutes or so to speak. We'll see how much of that. Eight? I, I believe that's what I saw. Okay. Uh, we'll see how much of that he gets. Great video tribute. The introductions, just to see all the different alumni that were at the luncheon on Friday, um, and then of course the very cool part of the jersey going to the rafters that's all coming up starts at 6 20 p.m. if you've got tickets be in your seats a little bit earlier and then if you are looking to uh, consume you can do so on Sportsnet 960 the fan will have it for you in its entirety Sportsnet 360 on television has it it, has it in its entirety and if you're not able to uh, check it out live we'll podcast it immediately and uh, I'm sure the flame socials will have it up very very quickly as well that's all coming up on Saturday it's going to be a pretty neat evening
1: yeah it's one um, kind of going back I I remember in the summer being uh, outside out for a stroll when the news dropped that they were doing this retirement ceremony I I think it was back in July that we found out it might have been August and to be honest I've been looking forward to it since then these are You know, you and I are fortunate to get to cover a lot of games in this building, but these nights are extra special, right? In our careers now, this is two. And quite frankly, I don't think we're talking about the Calgary Flames having another Jersey retirement
2: ceremony for how long? I they don't could, know. It, this they one, could. five years to the day, Jerome and Mika. Yeah, and I don't know what the next one's going to be.
1: I mean, there, there's not that sort of obvious guy that you know is is getting that honor next. And so I, I just, I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be such a cool night, you know, to hear Mika, a guy who is so calm and cool and composed. And I don't think he was joking. Talk about, you know. I hope I don't cry. I, I I expect it to be emotional. We'll see, you know. We'll see if I'm in tears. Like this means something to a, you can a guy. Tell it does. Yeah, yep. a guy who never wanted the individual accolades. A guy who never wanted the spotlight. You know, this is this is the last time we ever see Mika Kiprasov in the spotlight. I guarantee it. Yep, it's going to be pretty darn cool.
2: Uh, From that, let's uh, transition to uh, the current number one goaltender. It's Patton West this hour on Flames Talk. Let's go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local, find your all-time classics, and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. So uh, all of the Mika Kiprasov stuff going on and a very cool Friday, and then this Jacob Markstrom mic drop moment that nobody saw coming. So, you know, I, I, I was quite interested so Jacob spoke to us on Friday after practice Um, first practice without Chris Tanev Uh, now I know Ryan Huska says that the deep pairings aren't set as of yet so we'll see if this is what they decide to go with for Saturday's game but at practice on Friday Shillington was with Anderson Hannafin was with Weiger, Osterley was with Pahal and Gilbert was the number seven as they went through deep pairings we'll see if that's the way they decide to go for Saturday's game but that's what we saw at practice on Friday morning Um, and so we requested Mackenzie Wieger, Rasmus Anderson to talk about the departure of Chris Tanev and the guy who was probably closest with him, Jacob Markstrom. Those two guys have been on the same team together for about a decade straight. They signed in Calgary on the same day and they were both members of the Vancouver Canucks prior to that. So these guys have been ride or die, locked and loaded and and attached at the hip for the last decade and so wanted to get jacob's perspective on that and then the end of the jacob markstrom news conference i didn't know where this thing was going but despite not knowing where it was going i definitely didn't think it was going here uh i i I walked out of the locker room in a daze not exactly sure what i had just heard um that troublemaker eric francis let me tell you uh here's the question and answer and what so many people are buzzing about on this friday
3: jacob have you have you parked any talk of a trade in that in your uh mind is that not going to happen for sure
1: i mean i i think there is you know everyone in here uh, every player in here i you know i really respect them you know everything that's been going on and not going on and uh, it's uh you know how how everyone in in this room have handled handled everything i think it's been been really good and then uh you know the whole whole situation and everything. I'm happy about that. No, I'm not. And I think it could have been handled a lot different from, from up top.
2: I was stunned. Yeah. Like, you would have seen, like, blank face, like, what? Because And then, and then it was, thank you, Marky, and he's gone. And you're – because the whole thing was kind of meandering. I don't know. Like, I, at first I thought he was going to do the um, – I, I thought as I was listening that – He was just going to give the, I'm really happy at how everybody's battling and we're battling. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy and proud of the boys. I thought it was going to end at that. And then for it to go there with, Am I happy about this situation? No, I'm not. And it could have been handled much better from the very top. I don't even know how to interpret it fully. I don't, I, and obviously, I don't think Jacob's going to be made available anytime soon uh, after that. Um, I, you know, we're not, he's not going to pop in here and say, Here's exactly what I meant by that. I don't know how to interpret it. I mean, is that a shot across the bow at Craig Conroy? Above Craig Con- I don't I I honestly have no idea exactly what he's talking about um and and what specific part could have been be- handled better. All we can do is speculate, but I do know as you wrap your head around it that's not a happy sounding Jacob Markstrom. That's not a guy who has enjoyed the way the last 3 weeks have gone pierre lebrun is reporting out of the athletic on this friday that you know the conversations between calgary and new jersey are are still not completely dead and there might still be life in them and it just has your mind racing is how how happy is jacob markstrom here after hearing that and how much of a chance is there for a trade to be rekindled and now here we are we're We're talking about it again. We're we're buzzing about it again after that. Well, and I think we
1: all walked out of the the locker room, and and Jacob Markstrom was the last player available to speak on on this Friday. I think we all walked out trying to figure out exactly what that comment meant or who that was aimed at. Mm -hmm. You know, is that... Is that frustration that a deal with the New Jersey Devils might have been done and it fell through for whatever reason? Is that frustration that it's become such public knowledge that the Flames and New Jersey Devils had talks? Like, I, you know, we've all heard Elliot Friedman mention numerous times how uncomfortable Jacob Markstrom is having his name in the rumor mill, you know, so. Is that a response to that? Is is it a response to something maybe we haven't heard about, right? Is something else going on be, uh, behind the scenes that has Jacob Markstrom ticked off? We, we can speculate or guess all we want on, okay, exactly what was he referring to, but the part that requires no reading between the lines, the part that really requires no guesswork is... Jacob Markstrom's pretty clearly ticked off about the way that this has played out. And, you know, there was a report out there yesterday, and and I took it as more of a negotiating tactic than anything, but there was a report that the Flames have decided that they wouldn't be trading Jacob Markstrom. I got to be honest with you, buddy. Today is the first day I wondered if they could keep Jacob Markstrom. Can this get patched over? Is this relationship turning sour? I, I honestly don't know.
2: And that's where I am now. I'm like, if I hear that, and that's a glimpse into maybe how, I'm trying to think of the right word, unsatisfied Jacob is with the way this situation played out, is that tenable? Is that fixable? Is that something that can be rectified for the final two years of his contract? Is that something that can be rectified for the rest of this year inside that locker room? Um, I I don't know. I I, I honestly came away just wondering, well, now what? After you hear that, does that mean that maybe there needs to be a little bit more urgency if there wasn't a ton of urgency to go down that road? Is that does that mean that we are watching the final games of of Jacob Markstrom's tenure as a member of the Flames and and I wondered if that was the case anyway not so much leading up to one week from today next Friday but more so leading up to the off season where I felt like maybe there's more of an opportunity that they go in a different direction with potentially both of their goaltenders right now but now you hear that and I don't know now I'm wondering how that goes over and wondering where things are with, with team and player. I, I was, I was definitely taken aback by that. Like many were on this Friday. Well, and you
1: have to wonder too, what it does, you know, let's say the trade negotiations are ongoing between the flames and the New Jersey devils. Well, I I can guarantee you that the Flames just lost some leverage in those conversations because what they've been telling the New Jersey Devils and what they've, to the best of our knowledge, been telling any team that might be interested in in Jacob Markstrom is, you know, you're really going to have to blow us away with an offer because we're pretty happy to keep this guy. Well, if you're Tom Fitzgerald in New Jersey and you see that comment from Markstrom today, you're not so sure that the Flames can keep him, and maybe they can, right? That there's been mic drop moments in plenty of pro sports locker rooms that ultimately blow over, but just this this one feels really frosty all of a sudden, and that has to be a, a concern to the Flames. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any question what sort of performances you're going to get from Jacob Markstrom on the ice. Like I don't, I don't think. Jacob Markstrom over the next couple of games is checking out on this team I, I I just absolutely don't think he has that in his DNA and yet if he's no longer happy being in Calgary, if he nodded his head that he was willing to waive his no trade clause and now he's irked for whatever reason that it didn't happen, that's a problem
2: that's that's one of those toothpaste moments where he's like, can you can yeah can you get it back in right right? Read a few texts at 969.60. Um, this says Do we know why he's upset about this? Is he upset he might get traded or that he thought he'd be traded? Then not? I don't know. And that's that's why it's so. That's why your your head's spinning because you don't know exactly what it is. Um, this from Ray says interesting comments on Kipper and Bourne about the comments. In a nutshell, they think he's upset he didn't get moved to New Jersey as he wants the opportunity to win, and upset at the Flames for not closing the deal that deprived him of that. That was their opinion, which could be the um, could be the way of things. Sure. Uh, this says they also just traded his best friend that he has. His teeth of on his helmet. Many players today said they don't want to be sellers.
1: Well, and I, I, I shouldn't point this out in the sense I, I don't mean to be piling on, but they actually traded his best friend in January, and then his other, and then best they friend. just traded another close buddy. And I, I think that's maybe less about the fact that they're they're close friends and more about what it indicates about the direction of this Flames team. We know what direction this is going, but. What we don't know and what we continue to speculate after today is whether Jacob Markstrom wants to be a part of it.
2: Kelly and Copperfield says, after what Jacob said today, how can you keep him? That's now a huge distraction that has just arrived, and that's not good. Um, this says maybe he's upset trade talks went public. He has a no trade clause, no move clause, and perhaps didn't think it was fair that the pressure was on him to move on. Um and that's just a little bit of the text 960, 960 on that. The uh, the one thing I will say, and I believe it was Kelly and
1: Copperfield that raised this issue, like this team has had distractions absolutely nonstop this entire season. I don't think they they necessarily flinch at the distraction in terms of in the locker room. But we've we've heard players, and I think most notably of Mackenzie Wieger, saying we want guys who want to be here. Yeah. Well, listen, they have social media. They're on X, and they're going to want to know what Jacob
2: Markstrom meant by that comment today, too. Yep. That's our look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Let's go local Calgary from best from the West Canadian produce to quality only Alberta meats. Find your local at Calgary Co-op. Shop online or in store today.
3: You're locked on
1: Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
2: All right, let's get to a Friday edition of the Daily Flames Roundtable brought to you by Mercedes Benz Country Hills, the fastest growing segment of vehicles. They sell is electric. Informed buyers are coming to see. Perhaps you should discover why. Minutes from the Calgary Airport. It's uh, Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson of Post Media, and on the Voice of the Flames, Derek Wills joins us to complete our Daily Flames roundtable. Gents, we know Chris Tanev is no longer here. The Flames have just played their first, or, or, or gone through rather, their first practice without Chris Tanev. Um, the D-pairings were juggled up as you would expect. We saw Noah Hannafin playing with Mackenzie Wieger, and we saw Oliver Shillington on the left side of a pairing with Rasmus Anderson, and I don't think it's a surprise. I think that we all understood that, The departure of one and and soon to be another defenseman was going to propel Oliver Shillington into a top four role. So that's not a surprise, but now now that he's got a dozen games back under his belt and and now that he's back in the league and he's got those 12 games under his belt, from what we've seen, how how ready do we think Oliver is to step into a larger role and, and be an every night top four guy once again?
0: Yeah, I definitely think he's ready to take uh, another step. And if what we all assume is going to happen happens before March 8th and Noah Hannafin gets traded, then I think he's going to have to take another step. So uh, the ramping up process uh, began when he came back. Uh, He's looked good. He's looked comfortable. He's looked confident. And he's played 14 minutes and 29 seconds per game. So when I look at the last full season that he played in, which was back in 2021-2022. Now, he's playing in the top four and averaged 18 minutes and nine seconds. So I would think he's going to immediately jump into that range, uh, in the 18-minute range. And obviously, Chris Tanev was a huge part of the Flames' penalty kill, their best penalty-killing skater, in my opinion. So we'll see where those minutes go. But when Noah Hannafin leaves, then there's going to be some power play minutes open. And I would actually be surprised if Oliver Shillington didn't uh, eat some of those minutes up. So uh, short term, I think he probably jumps into the 18-19-20 minute range. A little bit longer term, I could see him playing 20-21, maybe 22 minutes a night uh, if he takes Hennepin's spot on the power play.
1: You know, I, I had a conversation with Oliver Shillington about this topic today, and and he sort of looked at me sideways you know I asked him are are you ready for some more minutes do you, are, you think you can handle a top four role again and I got the come on Wes really side eye and then you know with with a big smile at the same time and he said I feel like I play better and I'm paraphrasing here but he said I expect and, and feel like I play better when I do play more minutes and I think I've proven that I can be a top four guy in this league and you know Oliver and I proceeded to have a a really great chat about Chris Tanev and what the Flames will miss with their former alternate captain now in Dallas the impact as Oliver's partner that Chris had back in that 21-22 season but you know Ryan Huska went out of his way to point out today that when a veteran player or a leaned upon player is traded away or leaves town that there's opportunity knocking for someone else. And not only does Oliver Shillington get the first crack at that opportunity, I I just sense that the Flames have so much confidence because he's done it, right? I know he missed a bunch of time, but he's played top four minutes for almost an entire season in the NHL. I just think the Flames have so much confidence that – this first defenseman out the door the reason that they can withstand the loss of one top four defenseman and and as wilsey said there's another conversation coming up shortly but the reason that they can withstand the loss of one is because they have a top four guy ready to slide in
2: yeah and i mean prior to prior to the trade on wednesday flames had five top four defensemen now they've got four. And and I think that we all understand and believe that, yeah, absolutely, Shillington's a top-four defenseman. Because as, as much as, you know, he was buoyed by playing with Chris Tanev, don't get me wrong, Tanev was a huge influence and a huge part of why that pairing was so good two seasons ago. But that also doesn't mean that Oliver was just strung along for the ride, right? Like, he took some significant steps and I think surprised all of us. I I can't speak for the two of you, but I think there would be at least... At least one of us, because I know me, who was wondering if the NHL was ever going to be the place for Oliver to play, and and I know that I wondered aloud if you know, just it wasn't going to work out in the NHL, and maybe a return to Europe might be the best thing for him, and then he could try the NHL down the road if it made sense. But just felt like it, it wasn't going to happen. Well, I, I was about as I'm wrong lots, but I'm never quite like I, that, That's about as wrong as I've ever been. Like the guy went from that and that was my 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 feeling going into training camp of 2021 he went from that to being one of the best if not the best story of the season and turned himself into a bonafide top four nhl defenseman which i still think he clearly is today so long story short i think he's ready uh because you know the one thing that i think we've learned or or the one thing that has been reinforced guys is that when you are an elite nhl player Yeah, you can take almost two full seasons off and you can still jump right back in and be an elite NHL player and while there's going to be some things that take an adjustment, it doesn't take an entire season for a guy to get back he worked his tail off, he got his conditioning in, he got his games in in the American League, he was ready to return to the NHL and he's just gradually gotten more and more comfortable being back at the highest level and so yeah, I I think the Flames should absolutely be comfortable to put him into that range that you were talking about, Willsie, to go from the 14, 15-minute range to the 18, 19-minute range. Um, I, I, I think that they should be very comfortable to do that.
0: Yeah, and Ryan Huska had the line of the day. Well, I mean, the line of the day outside of all of the great one-liners we heard at the Mick Kirposoff luncheon. But he said with the way Oliver Shillington skates, he could play 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of a stretch, but uh, point taken. Uh, he's a lot like Noah Hannafin, in that way for me, is that they're such effortless skaters that if they have to play 25 to 30 minutes uh, once in a while, I think both of those guys can do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Oliver Shillington looks at a pairing with Rasmus Anderson, And that's something we talked about on Thursday's edition of the Roundtable. Will they split that other top pair up, which they did today, although that doesn't seem to be written in stone at this point. And will they go lefty-righty, which is exactly how things looked at practice on Thursday or on Friday. So it looks like they're heading in that direction. But, again, uh, players and coaches both kind of left that Uh, open-ended. We'll see what we see at the morning skate on Saturday and uh, in Saturday night's game. But – Looking forward to seeing Oliver Shillington play an increased role. Uh, I think he's done a really good job wrapping himself up. I think the team's done a good job wrapping him up, and now it's time for, for bigger and better things and for more responsibility, and I think he can handle
2: it. It's our Daily Flames Roundtable. Derek Wills, Wes Gilbertson, Pat Steinberg along with you on this Friday. And, you know, it was, it was strange being in that Flames locker room. Um, the, it, it was very clear that the – Loss of of Chris Tanev and and him being traded to Dallas earlier this week. The 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 guys that spoke to us, um, the the three who did media today were Mackenzie Weger, Rasmus Anderson, Jacob Markstrom, in that order. And you could tell that all three of them were like, "Yeah, it sucks that Chris is no longer here." And and they didn't they knew it was coming. They they knew that there was a very strong possibility that this was coming, but didn't make it any easier to really step on the practice ice and go back in the locker room for the first time since that trade which it was on Friday and I just you know because it felt like that trade and that departure hit as hard as it did inside that room I just wonder like how much of a an intangible impact could that have on this group going into the final quarter of the season
0: I'm just going to have an impact there's no doubt about it uh, even the energy level from Wednesday's practice to Friday's practice was considerably different at least in my opinion And I guess that was to be expected. We all knew this was coming or all thought this was coming. I do wonder if in the back of some people's minds, maybe some players minds, they wondered, you know what, if we win enough hockey games and we, we stay in the race, might they reconsider? Well, I, I give Craig Conroy credit in a way because he came up with a plan and he's clearly sticking with that plan come hell or high water. So, uh, he moves on from Chris Tanev, and I do think that, you know, they're going to miss him tangibly and intangibly. Tangibly, really high level. He's their best defensive defenseman. He's their best penalty-killing skater. So you're going to miss that guy. He played a lot of important minutes, and uh, more often than not, he was playing against the other team's top players. And as we saw last Saturday night in that Battle of Alberta versus the Oilers, he was a big reason why Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle were fairly quiet and got quite frustrated in that hockey game because uh, Tanev and the Flames made life difficult for them as they've done for a lot of top players around the league. So those are a couple of the tangible things they're going to miss. The intangibles, uh, he is an absolute warrior and he's not a scream at the top of his lungs type of guy. He's not a rah-rah type of guy, but he is certainly a lead by example type of guy. And I think back to the the playoff series between the Flames and the Oilers a couple of years ago. Him basically playing with one arm. I mean, what kind of message does that send to everybody, but in particular to his teammates? You know what? You're thinking, should I block this shot or should I just get it out of the way? Chris Tadam's playing with one arm. I better block the shot. I just think that there are so many things like that where he set the example for his teammates and for players around the league. I mean, I'm not sure there is a quote-unquote tougher player in the NHL than Chris Tanev, and not because he drops the gloves and beats people up, because, you know, he's broken a lot of bones, uh, taking shots for his team, and doing what it takes to win. So I do think they're going to miss that, and uh, I'm anxious to see how they respond on Saturday night. You've got a desperate team coming in. You've got a good team coming in. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Jake Denzel and the Penguins and the flames are going to need to match that level of desperation. And we talked uh, on Thursday, you know, will the, the confidence, will the momentum that they've gained during this four game losing streak uh, carry over to Saturday's game with a three day break between games? Well, between the break and between the Taneb trade, I'm wondering. So I'm anxious to see how they look on Saturday night.
1: Yeah. I- it's very possible that this trade sort of takes the wind out of the sails of a, a group that has won four in a row, that it has looked really good doing it and, and has done it against some really top quality opponents. You know, I, I went into the room today and in addition to obviously listening to what the guys were saying about Chris Tanev, you you sort of look for some of the, I guess cues in our industry that you see, like you, you'll being a a scrum where a player might be asked, for example, about a a teammate who was traded away, and you know they answer the question, and then when they're asked a second question about that player, you know you kind of get the well, like I said, they're anxious to move the conversation on a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I I made my comment about that guy, and and you know what's the next question, and, and not in a rude way, but. What struck me today, listening to Rasmus Anderson in my one-on-one chat with Oliver Shillington, like the respect was so evident. Those guys, if you still wanted to be in the locker room right now talking about Chris Tanev, I think they'd be there. And that is just the ultimate sign of what he meant to them. As a team, what he meant to them as individuals. Like, you know, Oliver Shillington will give a whole lot of credit for his emergence in 21 22 to playing alongside Chris Tanev. You know, Rasmus Anderson will tell you that one of the reasons he ranks among the NHL's shot block leaders is Chris Tanev's taught him it's a, a non negotiable. And so that's something that struck me, guys, a, as a real sign of respect for Chris Tanev. Like, they would have gone on and on about him today. And when you lose a person and a player that you feel that strongly about, I think it can absolutely suck
2: the momentum out of a team that had been rolling. The um, yeah, the the way that you phrased it, I I'm a little, I'm trying to think of the right word, yeah, concerned about or or I'm wondering about if, you know, it's it's been a year full of all kinds of just hurdles, right? Like the bad start and all the noise that entered training camp. Does Lindholm want to be here? Does Hannafin want to be here? That was starting at Country Hills Golf Course in September. We were talking about this. And then they get off to the awful start. And then they they start to play some better hockey, and then, you know, the trades start hitting. And Zadorov says what he says, and he's criticizing the team in the media, and and that turns into a bit of a circus. And then Zadorov gets dealt. And then the Lindholm trade... And again, it's all happening while the team is generally having a mediocre season. And all of this continues and continues. And then the Tanev trade happens. And, you know, the, the one difference of all of this is the, Hanna, the the Tanev deal happens when, guys, we're all unanimous that they're playing their best hockey in ages. Like this this stretch of 8 of 11 wins, this uh, 7 of 10, and this four-game win streak they're currently on, this is the best hockey they've played going back to, in in my opinion, late in 21-22, or, or maybe that early stretch in, in uh, the 22-23 season when they started off five and one like it has been 18 months ish until they've played since they've played hockey like this and then you lose F and you're not bringing back a guy in return I, I think that that does have the potential anyway of being a big mental hit to a group that was feeling really good about their game and you can prepare yourself all you want for it but it still, I think, hits hard when it happens, and then you come into the rink, and then he's not there, and you're like, oh, geez, you know. And now the, the the pairings, which have been pretty pretty static here for the last little while, and have been very strong for the last little while, now they're all broken up. I I do worry a little bit, or I do wonder a little bit if if it does. Take the wind out of the sails, even if it's temporarily a little bit. And then again, there's there's another one that we all believe is coming too. So it's it, I, I'm I'm very interested to see how this affects the group on and off the ice here going forward.
0: Yeah, me too. And we'll start to get an answer to that question Saturday when the Penguins come to town. Um, they rallied around Nikita Zadorov getting traded. I actually believe that was an addition by subtraction Uh move. Um, They rallied around Elias Lindholm, their number one centerman getting traded. Will they rally around Chris Tanev getting traded? I I think they're going to try. I, I really do. There's one guy who I wonder about. And I wouldn't go as far as to say I worry about it, but I wonder about it. So Jacob Markstrom's best friend was Elias Lindholm. And I believe he said today, it was really loud inside of the Flames dressing room, so... I I think I heard this correctly, but did he not say that Chris Tanev is the favorite guy he's ever played with? Yep. He did. Yeah. So Jacob Markstrom, who has, I think unquestionably been the flames, most valuable player this season. He's now lost one of his best friends in Lindholm. He's lost uh, his favorite teammate in Tanev. How's he going to handle it? He clearly was upset today. So, The Flames, if they're gonna stay in the playoff race, they need him to continue being the guy he's been this season. And that's a guy who should be in the conversation for the Vesna Trophy. So if Jacob Markstrom can wrap his head around this, if he can rally around this, then I think the guys are gonna follow his lead and the Flames will keep fighting. And I do give them a lot of credit, Pat. I think they're playing their best hockey since they did when they played the Stars in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs Mm -hmm. back in 2022. So we'll see if they can keep it going. Uh, Fingers crossed because it's been a, a fun ride the last little while.
1: I know we have to wrap here, but I'll just throw in this, this one little bit. And I know Wilsey hit it in, in his first comment as well, but I, I think it's worth repeating, you know, for all these reasons, what's it do during a, a win streak? You know, how, how mad is your starting goaltender? How much does it uh, take the momentum out of the room? All those things. I, I think, Craig Conroy deserves credit for sticking to his direction here that it, it this thing could have got thrown off course. It would have been easy to maybe veer away because of those concerns and you know he he decided this team needs a retool and it does, and good on him so far for forging ahead with it
2: yep and and i I can tell you that the team and management was they they felt they they felt awful because they're like yeah we're playing really well and they, they felt really bad because the team's playing so well. They know that that's going to be a hit for the guys. And yet still did what was best for the long-term future, which I think is is really important as well. Um, well, on the bright side, regardless of what happens Saturday after 8:10 p.m., it's going to be a really special night here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We'll uh, see you at Morning Skate for the Flames and Penguins on Saturday, Willsey. Thank you very much as always. Okay. Have a good weekend, everybody. He's Derek Wills. He's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. That's our Daily Flames Roundtable brought to you by Mercedes Benz Country Hills. The fastest growing segment of vehicles they sell is electric. Informed buyers are coming to see. Perhaps you should discover why minutes from the Calgary Airport. Would you like to? Did, did, did you, you almost <laughs> fall out of your chair <laughs> there? I sure did. <laughs>
1: That's impressive. I don't know. You, I just, hey, you, you forged right ahead on the reed, though. Except
2: I, I giggled a little bit because it was uh, – <laughs> I kind of like put my uh, right elbow on yeah, it uh, and then it kinda, slipped. Kind of blew it. a tire there. Ah, oh, apologies for that. Um, thanks to uh, Wes Gilbertson on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. Thanks to Shan and Cam, our outstanding producers. Uh, thanks to Mika Kiprasov for stopping by this yeah. hour as well. Uh, that'll start to wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk. And this hour has been the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Simplify your life with a security ecosystem. Go to CalgaryLockandSafe.com to request a security audit and get a tailored solution.